This is Kate Beckinsale. You're listening to Beckinsale. Maybe, maybe I am a mess. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm out of my mind. Yep. But heaven help me, I will keep this podcast going until the day I die if I think there's a chance that the listener is still out there. You're you're really channeling Joyce. You want to be the hysterical <laughs> character. <laughs> you didn't need to bring Christmas lights and hold uh, them. Can we do this one more time, but be hopper. <laughs> uh, welcome to Bacon Cell. I'm Joel. I'm scared, and I'm Kent. And you're scared, and you're yeah, Kent? Yes. I'm Kent. Nope. <laughs> See? That's we're how little, scared I am. Do over. Do over. <laughs> Hi, Jake. Uh, oh, there Jacob, you go, Jacob. Yeah. You don't see your name, otherwise they won't know. Thank you. Uh, and we'd like to thank you for listening to Bacon Sale, and especially thank you for listening to the first part of our Disney Heroes Bracket, where everyone agrees with every choice we make, and there's never any problems from anyone. <laughs> we were 100% right, and wasn't there... Um, <laughs> well, look, it's Bacon Sale. You know what's, what's always funny to me? Hmm. Is that I, th- I think of us as Team Bacon Sale here, yeah. like us three in, in this bacon cave here right now. Yeah. We're on a team until we get online, and all of a sudden Jacob is team listener all the way. Oh, oh yeah, just yeah. for sure. Bash on Bacon Sale and mm-hmm. bash on me and you, and yeah. I'm like, what the heck, only, man? Only when you guys make terrible decisions. No, no, which You're is just so fair weather episode. You want more people to like you, and I understand. I get it. Fair. Weather? I would never do it. How, how, that doesn't make me a fair weather you friend. You jump to wherever the no, weather listen, is listen. good. When I argue with you on the show, I continue to argue with you online. <laughs> it's a very clear system. That's it. Well, the Bacon Cell <laughs> account, which is Bacon Cell approved, will have to go against you. And I love seeing people actually download the bracket, which you can get at BaconCell.com. And please do that before the final show or the wrap-up next week. But Scott Sprague and his family, he tweeted out that for family home evening, they all printed out brackets. Him and I think they have three <laughs> yeah, kids all that. together. That and they probably fought within themselves and probably hated us a little bit for our results he, as I think, well. I think his exact quote was something like, a family home evening got derailed tonight. Yeah. And I was like, yes, that is so awesome. So good. And we love seeing that. If you if you have pictures of you filling these brackets out or your coworkers or your family, share them with us. We love to see that. Speaking of the bracket, we are actually going to be giving a prize away to you, listener. What? So, so you already have the heads up, okay? You've are gotten, we eligible? I hear a bacon sale. You are not eligible, okay. sir. Stop I entering. Don't, we don't know the winners It's yet. really getting, <laughs> it's really confusing me every time you enter, Joel. So, Listener, all you have to do is predict the correct winner. You have to look into the future wait, and wait. read our but twisted But we already did minds. round one, so we kind of gave him a head start. So yeah, you guys, start. you guys have a really good head start. So in fact, I think it's more fair that way because we started with 64. Now you only have 32. So pick one of those 32 that Winnie you think show your is work. going to be the victor. Definitely show your work. Uh, let us see how you think it goes down. But honestly, as long as you have the right winner, you're going to be entered into a drawing to get a $50 gift card to the Disney store. Did you say 15 or 50? 50. Five zero. I think 15 would be better. (laughs) I I feel good about that. So yeah, what you have to do, you have to, you have to, first of all, fill out your bracket and then you have to take a picture of it and send it to us on, you can do it on Facebook. By the 21st? Yeah, by the tw- by Sunday the twenty first. Yeah, by the end of the July twenty first, because the air, the episode should air on July twenty second. But send it to us on Facebook. On can you do Instagram like that? Yes. But uh, Twitter, why Facebook, you? or you can also just email it to us at baconcellpodcast at gmail Yep. Do it before by the twenty first. By the twenty first, by July twenty first, before the episode airs. And if you get the winner correct, the same one that we pick, because we haven't picked him yet. No. We still don't know who it is. And you don't have to get poop. everything right. You just have to get the victor correct. Then you'll be entered to win, and we'll pick one of those one of those who get it right to win a $50 gift card. $15 gift card. Dollar gift card. Who, who knows how this is going to go? Maybe no one will get it right. <laughs> Maybe one person will. But enter to win. Fifty bucks to Disney Store. Get your kids something cool. Enter yourself. Enter, 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 and enter now. And guys, guess what? What? We have a new patron. We do. Yay! I would like to give a shout out because we give a shout out whenever someone becomes a new patron. Yeah, we do. Um, is Andrea G. Sanders. Thank nice. you for being a patron of Bacon Sale. Thanks, Andrea. We appreciate Thanks, you. Thanks, Andrea. And listener out there, become a patron of Bacon Sale so yeah. we can read your name. We, I we, was going to say... Uh, we they, love you. The Come support uh, us. patrons got an early sneak preview at the bracket before we launched it. They did. They also got to see us eat a KFC Cheetos sandwich. So we reviewed that. <laughs> People pay to watch us eat. <laughs> it was like mukbang. Isn't that? No. No. We'll save it for our mukbang show. Anyway, but that's not what we're talking about today. We're not talking about patrons, even though they're awesome. We're not talking about giveaways, even though those are awesome. What are we talking about today, Jacob? We're kind of doing a new, a new thing today, a new show type. And I hope it's going to go well. I think this is really interesting. <laughs> we don't know. We, you know, we never know. Bacon, Bacon sale. sale. <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, this is the basically the influences on Stranger Things, the TV show. So the Netflix hit that you all know because everyone knows Stranger Things because it's it's super zeitgeist. But here's now. the funny thing. So I thought everyone, at least you know, everyone knows about Stranger Things. They've yeah. heard of it. But one guy, uh, Greg Anderson, actually, the Haunted House yeah, uh, guy we had from on season two. Yeah, like way back when. Yeah, but he has he posted on Facebook that he'd never seen an episode of Stranger Things, and I'm like, you love the '80s, you love yeah, horror. Yeah, this is totally up your alley. Is and it, I was shocked. Is it stubbornness? No, it's just, it just he said I just haven't had the time to watch it. I don't watch an entire series, and I was like, I wanted to be like, you'll love it. And just you're like, watch get it. your life together, sit down and watch TV. Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Waste you know, an entire evening watching Batman trilogies. <laughs> exactly. You know what's funny is kids are always like, I'm bored. I'm like, I wish I was bored because I would just binge more Netflix. <laughs> like there is no bored. There is no board. So anymore. Stranger Things is sort of this Frankenstein of all things 80s. Yes. And we're going to basically dissect Frankenstein and talk about all the individual parts so and if, how it relates to the show. Right? If you have a friend that hasn't seen Stranger Things, you can also point them to this episode because we're going to be speaking on very general terms and trying to let people know what they can do, a preschool of sorts, yep. to really understand Stranger Things when they watch it. Or even if you have watched it. This can also apply to you go back, watch these movies. You'll appreciate the show even more. Just tell them to jump about 10 minutes into the show because they don't need to hear all that first part. Right. <laughs> exactly. So I want to give a little bit longer synopsis for like kind of overall reach of the show, Please if I do. could. And I'm going to leave out characters because I want to get into some of the actors and characters and creators of the show mm -hmm. in just a bit. So in a small town where everyone knows everyone, a peculiar incident starts a chain of events that leads to the disappearance of a child, which begins to tear the fabric of an otherwise peaceful community. Dark government agencies and seemingly malevolent supernatural forces converge on the town, while a few locals begin to understand that there's more going on than meets the eye. Did you just pull a Transformers reference in there? Maybe. They wouldn't be above that. Yeah. Uh, we, we talked about this season a little four. bit. We, we, did a see, we did a review of season three on Friday. Yep, uh, just barely. And we talked about how this was a nostalgia machine. Machine meaning like they just churn it out, meaning right? This is this has got it's it's like a, a keyboard and they're hitting all the buttons of nostalgia. And you're like, oh, yeah, that thing. Oh, yeah, that thing. It's like Super 8 in that regard. Do you remember the movie oh, Super yeah. 8? Yeah. It, this is like a kind yeah. of an extended version of Super 8. This is the nostalgia for Super really 8, is. which was nostalgia for other stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But so Stranger Things uh, was created by Matt Ross, Matt and Ross Duffer. They're twin brothers, uh, the Duffer brothers, what they call themselves. And they actually had this idea back in like 2010, I think it was. And they pitched it to 15 different cable networks and it rejected by every single one of How them. How do you think the pitch went? Because I yeah. honestly imagine it being like, and feel free to jump in, Joel, but it's kind of like, hey, you guys like the Goonies? Yeah, Goonies are pretty good back in the 80s. Like, if Strange we never got a sequel, we're going to make a sequel. Well, I can actually tell you their pitch. It's oh, like, go ahead. Oh, right here. Please go on. Well, and this was just one of those little things that they put out there. This is from the original pitch for the show they called Montauk at the time. That's what it was called. Okay. It says... Montauk. What's that a reference to? Uh, it's uh, it's Montauk, New York. Of the mind. No, no. Well, kind of, yes. But, yes. Uh, Montauk, New York was where a lot of uh, real-world conspiracy uh, okay. things happened. So this is the pitch they gave. Montauk is an eight-hour sci-fi horror epic set in Long Island in 1980 and inspired by the supernatural classics of that era. We explore the crossroads where the ordinary meet the extraordinary. Emotional, cinematic, and rooted in character, Montauk is a love letter to the golden age of Steven Spielberg and Stephen King, a marriage of human drama and supernatural fear. Okay. That sounds, I'd watch that. No, I think it sounds redundant. It sounds a little irrelevant. It, it sounds sleepy, it though, is, yeah. honestly. No, they say science no, fiction. They're early on pitches. Yeah. Yeah, but they could have been like, but we're going to have a John Carpenter synth score and all this other stuff, which we'll get yeah. into. Well, and they need, they need to focus on it's a young cast. Yeah. Well, here's, you know? that's just it. In peril. So the cable networks. Deep horror. The cable network said, no, we don't want this because they said the plot centered around children in this kind of danger didn't work. They said either raise the age of the kids or lower the intensity of the what? series. That's stupid. That's the whole reason it works. Exactly. So it is interesting, though. I mean, they like, wanted to focus on Hopper and his ex, in his uh, exploration into the paranormal. They wanted it to be about him. Ugh, there, the there's sheriff. so much nostalgia. That's like every other show. And obviously, we grew up with this exactly. exact nostalgia, so it's perfect for people like us. But even millennials like this show, and they were not exposed to this. Like, yes, the kitsch is always there in Stranger Things, and that's the but joke. I, I think it's the same reason you and I maybe had that nostalgia for the 50s and 60s, even though we didn't grow up in that era. Like, we watched like Happy like, Days or uh, Sock No, but we like actually that. watched those shows. Right, but what, like, what I'm we saying saw is like, Green Acres, we saw Gilligan's Island, even though it was well before us. Nerds, true. Nick at Night was awesome. Yeah, save it for a Nick at Night show. <laughs> we need to have a Nick at Night <laughs> yeah, show. We do. We really do now. <laughs> we totally do. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm, I'm added to the list now. Okay. You, you keep talking. Yeah. Done. 
<laughs> uh, anyway, no, I, I said the, the series was, was originally known as Montauk. Uh, but they ended up changing it to Stranger Things because it was similar to Stephen King's novel Needful Things. Mm-hmm. But apparently, they still argue about that title. They're like they're not even sold on it now. But it's you know, but it's cemented know, now. As I as I talked about in the review, this is full of nostalgia, which we're going to get into the direct influences because there's like a million and a half references, but yeah. major influences on the plot and the characters. Just to delineate the difference between a reference and an influence. A reference is like when they wear there, Ghostbusters costumes. They're wearing Ghostbusters costume one season, or they're watching He-Man at yes. one time, or posters on the wall. That's Back a to reference. the future. Yeah, playing. Yes. yeah, in the theater, or the music that plays. That's all reference. Influence is more the presence is felt, or they're even doing homages to it, but it's not a direct. So in reference. that way, does this feel like Avatar? James Cameron's Avatar, where so. that story, that movie was influenced by Pocahontas. By no, Ferngully, by Dancing no, with Wolves. because the difference is James Cameron isn't referencing that as an influence. He's just ripping it off and saying, oh, I made it, I came up with a story. They're blue skin. It's different. Whereas so, the Devil wait, Brothers are coming out so saying... So if you own it, it's If you okay. own it and say this is an homage to this, and it has to be a love letter too. It can't just be... It can't be the same story, just repackaged. Well, it's like, it's like taking a, a song that you love, right? And you do a cover on the song is you have to stay true to the emotional roots while adding your own take on it. So and, it adds to. And I yes, think the reason right? is we want people to love the cover song, but also have listened to, to the, the original, original song. Exactly. Exactly. Yes, for example, and that's why we're doing this list. Uh, Mad World. Yes. You get Mad World by Tears for Fears. And it's kind of this weird, dark, goth, emo synth pop. And then you get Gary Jewell's version, and yeah. it's this sad ballad. Yeah. And it's amazing. And uh, Johnny Cash uh, mm-hmm. with Hurt yeah. versus uh, Trent Reznor's Hurt, Nine Inch Nails Hurt. Different songs, different feels. And that's why I feel like that's the difference between homage and influence, as opposed to Gus Van Sant's Psycho, where it's a shot-for-shot remake. Lion King, for example. Li- Lion King, yeah. mm-hmm. where they're saying, oh, it's, it's live action now. And it's, it's Same exact shot-for-shot thing. remake, yes. really no originality in it. That's a whole different story. Yes, it is. Do you know what I found uh, really interesting about this, though, Kent? Mm. Is their idea for Stranger Things kind of grew from the movie Prisoners. What? That's. Huh? Do, you, do you remember that movie? I love that movie. So, so it's Denis Villeneuve. Uh, it's yeah. his movie with Hugh Jackman and Jake Gyllenhaal. And it's all about child kidnapping. Yeah. What? So they said that they... Please go on, Joel. They, it's they, such they, a dark movie. And, and if you remember, that was the movie I said, can't, I can't watch this movie. Yeah. Just spoil it for me so I know if the, if the kid's going to be okay. I'm I there po- for that conversation. My poster blurb says... Heard the whole Hug your spoiler. kids. Hug your kids. Yeah. So uh, apparently prisoners, uh, they, they saw that and they wanted to explore the moral, struggle, moral struggles a father goes through when his, uh, when his daughter's kidnapped in that movie. Yeah. But they wanted to expand it and kind of build on that in a different situation. And they thought, what if something supernatural took your kid and you don't you have even less control over what happened to them? Okay. You can't just go out and find them. You have no idea where they could possibly be. And then you be. become crazy when owner writer. Exactly. So yeah. that, that's kind of the influence of where Joyce's character comes from. The mom in Stranger Things whose son goes dis- who disappears. So you talked about the creators, but let's talk about some of the cast, which some of them are names now because of the show, but like we have Winona Ryder. Uh, David Harbour has always been like a character actor, but now he's slightly more big time. villains a lot more. What's he been yes. in? Because I don't know. Him. Well, now Hellboy. he's in Hellboy. Well, I saw that. Yeah. Rook. You actually saw the movie? Oh, it was so bad. I didn't see it. So bad. You did see it? Uh-huh. Save it for a Hellboy show. Yeah, that's not happening. Uh, also, but this this show was <laughs> <laughs> introduced. Play along, Jacob. Yeah. <laughs> that's not happening. Millie Bobby Brown, mm-hmm. uh, who plays Eleven in the show. Finn Wolfhard. Godzilla. Uh, Gaten Matarazzo. Uh, and, you know... There's a few other characters that they're starting to be in more movies because they're a young cast as yeah. well. But even like the characters' names have now become almost household because every household has Netflix, I would say. Pretty and much. so you have yeah. like Joyce Hopper, Eleven, Mike, Dustin, Lucas, Will, Nancy, Nancy Jonathan, and Steve. Right. Like these are very all... Very 80s names. <laughs> very 80s names, but like they're, they all fit together really perfectly in this whole casserole of nostalgia. Right. And they said when they, when they created it, they wanted to scare the audience because this is this is a scarier show. This is sci-fi, mm-hmm. uh, but they didn't want to make it too scary. They wanted to, to call back to the. They, they said that they wanted to go back to the movies that made the PG thirteen rating necessary, because if you recall back in the day, it was just PG and R. Yeah, it's kind of it wasn't until about like eighty four, eighty five. Yeah, exactly. Gremlins, yeah. Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom. These movies that actually had some scary stuff in it and may have disturbed some children. And they said. We want to disturb people. We just don't want to destroy people. Like we, 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 They didn't want to focus on gore and blood and, and stuff like that. They wanted to have something that was accessible for kids and adults, but that had real stakes. Okay. Uh, also, I wanted to point That's this out. That's what they did. 
is in addition to some uh, nostalgia that happens for all you uh, font nerds out there. Oh no, <laughs> there's four of you. No, apparently they use this one called ITC Benguet. I don't know how to say it. B e n g u g u i a t. Why are you talking about fonts? Because <laughs> the <laughs> because the 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 logo yeah. for the show is the same one they used on Stephen King novels in the '80s and the Choose Your Own Adventure series. It does look like that. Yeah. No, and yeah, so yeah, it's, yeah. It, they do these little things where they just kind of pull in this nostalgia, these little buttons, and it's like, oh yeah. But then obviously, like you said, they use references too. Like they're using music from The Clash, Joy Division, Toto, New Order, The Bangles, Echo and the Bunnymen, Peter Gabriel. Like yeah. The first couple episodes of season three, there was so many songs. Yeah, there's, It's like they're trying to remind you, hey, it's there. the 80s. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're yeah. in the 80s. It's, it's okay. Yeah. Over and Lego over and over. Right. But uh, yeah, so Ken and I, uh, we, we were talking about this because we were talking about, uh, we have a couple different shows that we want to do down the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, like there's a horror preparation Educational show. shows. Yeah, a film education show where we're talking about, you know, must-see movies. And one of the things we got to talking about is, do you think that people, the, the, for example, the millennials, but anyone who maybe didn't have a lot of 80s movies Strict families and whatnot. Yeah. The, do they, will they really appreciate all the stuff that's going on in Stranger Things? Because there's a lot happening in there. They're probably going to like it anyway. Well, and they will. the references. But yeah. it's like, for example, there was this episode of uh, Psych, the TV show Psych. You guys remember that show, right? No. Uh, but there I've was actually a, never seen it. Oh, really? Oh, really? I'm joking right now, listener. Okay, that was a joke. I'm so not, sometimes you can't tell on <laughs> you podcasts. Really jokes. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. There was an episode of Spike called Dual Spires, and it was this whole homage to Twin Peaks. So you know, d- Dual Spires, Perfect Twin Peaks, you. get it? And I watched it, and I was like, "Oh, that was funny. I enjoyed that." And I was like, "You know, I want to, I want to understand more about this episode. I want to get the jokes." So I ended up watching the whole series of Twin Peaks. Oh, you didn't watch Twin Peaks till after? That was that was kind of that was the tipping factor. I'm Everyone like, should watch Psych before Twin Peaks. <laughs> but then I was like, <laughs> I went back and watched the episode, and it was so much more funny. And I feel like yeah. that's what we're doing today, listener. Is that we're we're giving you this course, this preschool of Stranger Things. A suggest a suggestion of sorts, some right? Things, a list, some references you can do, and uh, then when you watch it again, or watch if you haven't movies. seen it before. So if I watch Epic Movie. Uh, I should watch all the movies that parodies beforehand. It will right? make it better. Nah, <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, I'm not but sure Kent, anything will help that. Kent was a. I, I want. I don't say this often, but Kent was a genius uh, because oh, we were trying. <laughs> I'm definitely whoa, that's a soundbite. Thank you, Joel. <laughs> I'm we blushing were, right now. I said was, <laughs> but <laughs> we we were talking about how many things to do, and we're like, I love okay, you, zombie Kent. <laughs> We want to be able to give people like we were saying like top 10 or top yeah. five, like references, what we should do. And then Kent's like, what if we do 11? And I was like, there it is. That right. Is, that is That's great. the magic yeah. missing ingredient. So we have numbers. We have 11 references that we're going to give to you to help you better appreciate or get a more rounded education on the references and influences of Stranger Things. Right. So you're saying Kent is really good at kitschy things. Yes. Ah, numbers. Awesome. Honey. Well done. All, all things. All right. So Joel, get us Let's started on this one. So for example, the first one we're going to talk about today is The Goonies. If you haven't seen The Goonies, you probably haven't been around on the earth for more than maybe 10 years. Because Goonies is one of those movies I feel like everyone needs to see as kind of a rite of passage. Maybe? Honestly, I think you're also talking to Jake here because I'm wondering, based on his childhood, if these were readily available. They were not. Did you watch Goonies? I saw fragments of it on TV. You haven't seen Goonies? And I've never gone back. Oh, my gosh. I told you. So I think I might. Oh, my gosh. Okay, I think I might we're stopping the show right now. <laughs> we're going to watch <laughs> Joel. I'm having heart palpitations. Some water. I have, uh, the I Cheeto have. sandwich is not sitting well. <laughs> it is not, actually. <laughs> I have, like, memories of, like, it's like, this is how I remember it from my, like, oh. young kid brain, right? Is there's, like, oh, there's some sort of adventure, and there's, like, the weird-looking dude who always follows them or something. Oh my gosh. Like, Jake, that's, that's kind of how I remember who it. Who is One-Eyed Willie? Oh, that sounds familiar. No idea. Oh, my gosh. What is the truffle shuffle? Uh, don't know. Oh, oh. my gosh. <laughs> this, uh, guys, we're looking for a moderator for Bacon Cell. I'm sweating. <laughs> I'm sweating right now. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Hey, guys, guys, can I show you something? While you guys were talking, I thought, oh, crap, I need to watch this. Look at my, look at my computer screen right now. Looking up what the Goonies is. No, watch. watch, watch I would look up where to he watch the Goonies. what is Goonies? No, he spelled said, it with a U. I said watch the Goonies. Jake, what where is the watch? candy bar referenced on the Goonies? Oh, oh, uh, what do you mean by where? What candy what, bar what candy is referenced bars? on the Goonies? Oh, I can... Mm. Oh, my gosh. Name two actors from the Goonies. While I remember that part, though. I remember that part. No, you don't. I do. I I've got to stop. This I mean, whole thing will be no, about there was some character Jake. that was obsessed with the, whatever, that, whatever that candy bar was, and they used oh, it to like continue to like help him <laughs> or something. You're killing Joel. <laughs> Joseph. 
<laughs> My whole world is crashing down. Oh, wow. Jacob, all right, at least Jacob. Right. Let's just Here's, move on. One more, one more question, Jacob. In okay. what state In what state does Goonies take place? Washington. So close. Oregon? It, it's actually as well. Is I it mean, Washington? I thought the, the rocks were in Oregon. Well, they are. The, the Cannon Beach is in Oregon, but okay. I believe uh, the house is actually I in have the redeemed okay. myself. No, yeah, no, not, not. Totally all, did. it's Oregon. All I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's all Oregon. All is forgiven. Maybe parts of it are from Washington, but oh wow, this is so good. See, it's oh funny because we started with the given, right? Goonies was the given influence on Stranger Things, and little did we know <laughs> what a bombshell this would be. Wow, with Jake. I, I mean. Wow. <laughs> we need to have a show where we just quiz look, Jacob listen, on commonly listen. known movie things. Ken, yeah. Ken was right. Like there there's a lot of things from childhood that I just I didn't see then and I haven't and, circled and yeah, back. He but here's here's the thing, Jacob, yeah. is I feel like Goonies would appeal to you only because it's a group of kids exploring in the outdoors and getting into situations and potential danger, but causing trouble, a lot of trouble. But it's that whole it's yeah. that whole adventure that I think every kid wanna discover a treasure map and go find the treasure. Which is very Stranger Things. Yes. So uh, jumping back into this. Oh, wow. <laughs> like how I brought that back. Okay, so yeah. Goonies. <laughs> Good job. Goonies is a 1985 movie, Jacob, directed by <laughs> Richard Donner. A group of young misfits who call themselves the Goonies discover an ancient map and set out on a quest to find a legendary pirate's uh, long-lost treasure. I can't even Ooh, talk anymore. Sean Astin's in this. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's where he started. Okay. Josh Brolin, huh? Yes. <laughs> His brand. Okay. So. Yeah, the Goonies. Just to give you. <laughs> I would say say it for our Goonies show, but this just turned into our Goonies show. Yeah, it did. Uh, so the things that you have to realize is that like influences we're talking about Stranger Things. So mm-hmm. for example, a tight knit group of young friends put in a dangerous situation that could cost them their lives. Yeah. Uh, the parents are largely absent in the movie. Uh, set in the 80s, Sean Astin stars in Goonies, and also he comes in in season two of Stranger Things. It's, yeah. it's not even like, he's not even himself. He's not like a, a character. Right. He just plays a guy in there, but it's just one of those faces you're like, oh, Sean Astin from Goonies. Also, he, he actually dr- does a really solid acting job because he comes in and he's uncomfortable to watch because he's such a... He's so awkward. Kind of a schlub, yeah. right? Yeah, 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 exactly. But even character types and character names they take right from here. Like, you know, you obviously have Mikey in both versions. There's Mike and Mikey. There's always like the loud mouth of the group. There's always is the one that maybe eats too much. There's the smart one. There's the one in the coma. Oh, wait, that's not in the Goonies. <laughs> but, you know, even just how they interact with each other and the older siblings aspect as well. Always kind of like the tag along part where they're just trying to get into trouble but not be found out. Exactly. Uh, and, and solve a mystery. Well, and I feel like, uh, man, I, I, I don't know what I know. to say. My reality has crashed. Right. I don't know what to say anymore. You broke Joel. Um, <laughs> Corey Feldman's in this. I know he is. <laughs> wow. <laughs> He's mouth. <laughs> anyway, but I've explained Stranger Things to so many people by explaining it's Goonies meets X-Files. Like, that's kind of been my explanation of the show because I thought... Well, it's really Goonies meets everything that we're I've, about to mention. I thought that it was two references that people would understand and be like, I have a concrete idea of the, what the show will be. Yeah. I do have a concrete idea of what Goonies is. Do you? Yeah. Because I could have said it's kids on an adventure you and... didn't know who One-Eyed Willie was. I don't know the character's names, but shame, I have an idea shame, of what I about. know your name. That's from the movie. <laughs> <laughs> you killed Joel. <laughs> I know, he's so sad. Oh. Anyway, uh, well, but and one other thing, this isn't actually a, a full-on reference, meaning I'm not... This isn't what we talked about. I was going to talk about. Yeah. And oh, actually, this is probably about later. Goonies, but, you're saying, is an influence more than a direct reference. Yeah, they don't. Right? They don't talk about yeah. Goonies at all. It's just you feel that influence of Goonies on there. Uh, straight, uh, Super Eight kind of did the same thing, but also I, I'd also put Stand by Me. Uh, yeah, which will come up. We'll come up later. But that's about a group. Have you seen Stand by Me, Jacob? What's that? It's Stephen King. Let's just uh, let's just assume Jake doesn't <laughs> know about anything on this. But list. that one. Oh, man. Uh, you know, but, actually, before the show started, I was going to be like, guys, I should probably remind you that I have a pretty, I mean, there's a pretty big blind spot for a lot of 80s you, stuff. You know, and then I thought, no, I'll just let it no, slide. Legally <laughs> blind spot. We know when you when you dive into a pool uh-huh. and it's the deep end. Sure. But you don't realize how deep it is until you're in it. That's how I feel about when I'm like with Jacob here with like, I'm like, I know, I know his, his level of understanding of pop culture is here. But then when I dive in, sometimes I get scared and my ears pop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, Joel, plug your nose right now. Plug it and breathe. Um, pop out. those ears. But okay, so stand by me. Once again, it's just it's a group of boys on an adventure in a forest. And we're, we'll talk about it later when we get yeah. to the Stephen King section. But I just wanted to bring that up as also that's another influence where it was a movie of the 80s about these young boys on a, on a 
perilous adventure yeah. where there's danger all around. An iconic story and trope that everyone should be familiar with. Goonies. Yeah. Stand with me. I, I stand by like, me as well. Stand with me was one of those staples growing up. I really feel like people don't listen to or haven't watched it a lot lately. The Duffers definitely did. They did. Yes. All right. But yeah, so there's me. Goonies influence number so one. So if you were in the, going in the deep end, I'm jumping into the ocean now because I'm going to mention Akira. Battle Angel. Oh, yeah. I love Akira. Battle Angel. You don't know what Akira is. No, that's Don't stop that before we get lit. I know. It is the 1988 <laughs> Japanese animated post-apocalyptic <laughs> cyberpunk film. It almost seems like Jacob's you're... Googling again. Uh, oh, that's amazing. Directly from Wikipedia. Now, full confession, I'll, I'll admit it. I don't have a concept of Akira. It have you never... not seen it? No. How dare you, sir? What's, How, what do you mean? What's the you main don't character's name, Jacob? It's Kashiro Atuma. That's the that director. That is the director. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, this show is falling apart. <laughs> yeah. And I love it. Like I'm, I, I saw the pictures so, of it and I was like... Mm, it's interesting because like we talked about in our Studio Ghibli show that we're not very familiar with anime, but this is one of three foundational anime movies I've actually seen. You have seen to it. To see if I actually... I watched this one in college to see if I actually care for the the genre. And? I like this one, but it is weird. Okay. But I recommend that you watch it just because of the stories it has influenced. Namely, Stranger Things. So explain what it is first. So the plot, it follows a teenage biker with psychic powers. He attempts to release an imprisoned psychic named Akira. And so they basically... Like the Duffers have claimed that character of Eleven is based off of these psychic characters. For example, like the intro to Akira, and see if this sounds familiar, so that you have shadowy government officials talking about an escaped youngster. You then see the escapee with short hair and wearing a hospital gown. The kid has telekinetic and telepathic powers. Uh, the kid was being trained as a tool and potential weapon, can murder people with a flick of their brain, and the escape makes everyone panic, but the kid just wants to experience adolescence on their own. This is Akira. This is Akira. Sounds familiar. Really familiar. And so it's all about these kids who are being controlled by the government with psychic powers. Uh, they're called espers in the movie, and they have numbers. Akira is number 28. Hmm. And so there's a few different things taken. And Eleven is a character who... Yeah, so Eleven. I mean, she's, uh, she's number 11. We haven't 11. talked about Eleven too much. We talked about the group of friends from the Goonies. Yeah, who but kind then of stumble you, onto something bigger than them. You then add Akira to the mix. Mm -hmm. So the Goonies, but if their friend has... Uh, it's almost alien-like, but a kid with telekinetic and telepathic powers. She right. has superpowers. Keep up. Yeah. <laughs> Us keep up, mm -hmm. Jake? <laughs> yeah, that's a quote from season three. <laughs> so this if is, you paid enough attention to right. pop culture, you would have known that kid, like me. Uh -huh. Joel, am I right? Am I right, Joel? D don't take a prideful drink of that soda right now, Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> he's got his straw, and he's just like, uh-huh. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, you guys can't keep up with me. But the Duffers, they've been very, and that's what I appreciate, they've been very honest. They have owned to the fact that they are stealing and borrowing from everything else. Well, and I don't think it's stealing, too, because it's basically like, hey, we like this idea. We want to bring it into well, our show. But it is a casserole that it's cooked really well, though. But that is the sole anime <laughs> mentioned on this show. Now. But yeah, watch Akira. It is weird. Yeah. But it's definitely, I think, necessary if you want to experience. And that's that the one that came out just last genre. year with the girl with the big eyes, right? Of a, no, that's Alita. Oh, right. Yeah. Joel. Battle Angel. <laughs> the one that you wanted to fail. It did. No, it didn't actually. No, it didn't. No, no I said I did. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know it didn't. You, right, didn't, so you, didn't, you didn't see it though, did you? Mm -mm. Oh. Watch it eventually. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's actually I, I, not bad. I have nothing against it. I just haven't had time. All right. What's the next one, Joel? So the next one's kind of, it's, it's a weird one because I'm going to throw out three quick references. Okay. And these references are ones that there's actually a storyline in Stranger Things that deals with these. For example, Gremlins. Gremlins is a big one. Yeah. I mean, already, tone is an influence as well, yes. as you discussed. It doesn't just have to be a story. And Gremlins is one of those that it's, it was much too dark for kids, but a little too juvenile for adults. And that's, yeah. that was that PG-13 that hadn't been created but yet. It realm. also crosses some lines, hence getting the PG-13 rating. Yeah. Putting a Gremlin in a microwave and watching it explode. Yeah. A little much. Seeing and, a, uh, shall we say, cat get uh, sure. disemboweled in Stranger Things, but little, like I was like, holy cow, that's graphic. But it, very few times right. that happen. What Stranger Things does very well is introduce fear, but then also has comedy in between. Yes. That you think would fail. And that's what Gremlins does as well. You're like, 
this is a terrible situation. This is a nightmare scenario. <laughs> and then there's slapstick comedy somewhere. Yes. And then all of a sudden there's gremlins, uh, you know, in a bar uh, yeah. goofing off and it's funny again. And so I really think Stranger Things borrows from, well, season two of Stranger Things. Well, and, the, and there's really a, there's also a subplot where a character encounters a creature that could be potentially dangerous, mm-hmm. but then keeps the, the creature as a pet, not understanding right. how dangerous it can be. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a direct subplot of, of season two. In season three, this is just a passing reference, but season three, there's a, there's a Terminator reference, 1984's Terminator. Yeah, there's a character in there that's like basically Arnold Schwarzenegger, and then it's third season. There's also references to the Blob, that 1988 movie. Do you remember the Blob from 1988? I really think it's good. Horrifying. Yeah, that part in the movie theater when oh, like everyone starts getting pulled up and eaten. Ugh. Yeah, terrifies me. Have you um, seen that phone nom, booth? Nom, no, no, of course not. What am I saying? <sighs> Have you seen Gremlins? Yeah, kind of. Oh <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen Gremlins too? Well, no. he's not going to see Gremlins 2 if he hasn't what seen if, Gremlins. What if he has, Joel? No. What if he has? I, I love that one. I own it on VHS. <laughs> I own both. Laser disc. You're welcome to borrow them at any time. So Gremlins yeah, is the main pass. one here I want to talk about because it was both the tone and uh, a subplot, a direct subplot. Well, yeah. But they do that all the time in the series where they'll just take a little piece of a movie mm-hmm. from that we know and love from the 80s and plug it into this movie and plug it into the series. Yeah. So. And I think there's the same rules for this plot as well for the uh, little, for Dart. <laughs> the D'Artagnan? Yes. Yeah, maybe. All right, Kent, what is the fourth uh, influence that we're talking about? The fourth influence, this is actually not an 80s one, but it's 1979. It's Alien. Well, Aliens. Yeah, Alien, Aliens. Kent, ask me if I've seen this one. No. (laughs) (laughs) You've disappointed me way too much. Oh, come on, just ask. Have you seen Alien and Aliens? No. Yes, I have, of course. Don't. There's no of course. Yeah. No of course. At this point, there's no. No. Of course. This is this is. We this can't is assume territory. anything anymore. Ridley Scott. No, I've totally seen these. There you, you just Wikipedia again. So Ridley Scott directed the first, and then we have James Cameron with Aliens. Uh, the first one. It's these all, are both great movies. It's all about the extraterrestrial creature which stalks and hunts the crew of a spaceship. And clearly, if you've seen the Demi Gorgon and the way it moves in season one, and that it is, looks like a xenomorph. It's the humanoid with kind of like the weird plant, Venus yeah. flytrap face. It is definitely xenomorph-like, and in that way, creepy. The, the, we should clarify. We're getting a little too deep in the weeds here. Yeah. The creature from Stranger Things looks like the creature from the movie Aliens. Yes, I'm getting a We're little like, technical. We're like, Demogorgon, xenomorph. Xenomorph. <laughs> <laughs> I think I just threw a pimple just yeah, on those references right there. Like full dust in there. Yeah. Uh, but, and then there's also egg implantation into bodies. Yes. A lot of parasitic there's stuff. There's tendrils going down people's throats. Yeah. Uh, but even the... the they did mention that the upside down, mm-hmm. which is this other realm in Stranger Things, looks similar to the alien world. Yes, which I thought was an which is funny because it doesn't become another world. I mean, it's very space-like. Yes, but there is a lot of like ash falling and stuff like that. Is that reference to? I mean, is that from anything upside down? Because that felt like. I was like, I feel like this is something maybe I've heard before, but I don't know where the, the name upside down is new. But it's as we're going to mention been shown a lot in other media like for example i know was that event horizon where they talk about the same thing where it's like yeah. the wormhole going through and they do the exact same mm-hmm. paper paper demonstration where they take a piece of paper put a pencil through it mm-hmm. and say if you put enough force through this dimension that you could pop out on this other dimension and it's okay. you know, we talk a lot on this show uh, well here and there about multiverses and this could be almost multiverse. like a nightmare multiverse that it's a mm. parallel nightmare multiverse is my band's name in college yes we what kind of music exclusively lullabies <laughs> <laughs> Could you sing one for us now? No, it was all instrumental. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Get so, this guy a guitar or whatever he played. It, I played the xylophone. Of Z- course. Xenomorph xylophone. <laughs> so we've been talking exclusively about movies thus far with Goonies, Akira, Gremlins, and Alien. But we're going to go a little different here on this influence. It's Dungeons and Dragons. Now, what is the Dungeons and Dragons? I'm glad if you asked. Only Kent. we had an episode to explain this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we actually just did, Jacob. We, what? Uh, we had an episode of Bacon Cell where we went out and played uh, Dungeons and Dragons with our, our good friend Kyler. And it was, it, what episode was that? I don't even remember anymore. Episode two, two or three ago. Yeah, I know, but I'm trying to remember the exact numbers people reference it. 208. 209. Yep. 209 Dungeon Master of the House. <laughs> it's close. It up. Uh, if you go there and listen to it, though. So this is both a, a, a reference and an influence because mm-hmm. literally at the beginning of this movie, uh, of, excuse me, of this series of Stranger Things, they're playing Dungeons and Dragons. And it's a group of boys in their mom's basement playing this game and pretending like they are these fantastical 
warriors in this fantastical world. This is also done in other movies in the 80s, which we'll get into, like mm-hmm. E.T. They yeah. actually play Dungeons and Dragons, so this is kind of an homage to that. Well, it's kind of, we, we mentioned, like, the game Dungeons and Dragons is a really uniting thing for young geeks, mm-hmm. essentially, and that's what our characters are when this show begins. Well, and this is the source of the name of the monster. Yes. Right? Yes, because the Demogorgon is from Dungeons and Dragons, yeah. and they apply it to the creature in Stranger Things. In because fa- it's just the big, scary creature. In fact, yeah. if I may... Please the, do, please do, Kent. The Demogorgon, according to Dragon Magazine, <laughs> wow, is considered the most powerful villain in the first edition of Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. It rules as a demon prince of the abyss, an ever-changing plane of chaotic evil. Ooh, the abyss! Another James Cameron movie. You sure, <laughs> Jake? Have you seen Kent, that? How have you seen, dare you? Have you seen the abyss? You Jacob. haven't seen the abyss. Have I've you seen, seen the abyss? abyss? I've seen the abyss. You've seen the abyss, but you haven't seen Goonies. Yeah, I have better taste. No, no you do not. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but the, and, and mind flayer is another uh, term they throw out, which is also a term from Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, they use Dungeons and Dragons kind of these boys love Dungeons and Dragons, but also if you think about it, stepping out from into the viewer of this world, the things they talk about at the beginning of the movie kind of echo what's going to happen in that season. Mm-hmm. So as they're playing Dungeons and Dragons, it kind of foreshadows what's going to happen. And then throughout the show, these kids really do become kind of fantastical war- warriors in a yeah. fantastical world. They're all character types who may roll good or bad that we may never see the roles, but one may go into a coma and get kidnapped or whatever. Yeah, it's like, yeah. I'm going to try this, and they roll their, you know, imaginary dice, and it doesn't work. Yeah. So Dungeons and Dragons, we're not saying you don't need to watch a movie about it because there's really no good movie about it from what I can tell. There's a Tom Hank one. Tom Hanks one. What? There's a Tom Hanks movie about Dungeons and Dragons about, and he's the kid who gets a little too deep into it and thinks that fantasy is reality and tries to kill other people and himself. What? What? Oh, we, we talked about this, didn't we? That's, what? That's one of Tom Maze, Hanks' best. Mazes and Monsters? Yeah. No. I'm pretty sure that I put this Did on... A, he loses his that? mind on an no. island. I, I'm pretty sure I put this on... Yeah, Mazes and Monsters. That's Is this real? Tom it feels Hanks. like you just made all this up. I posted it on Twitter, on our Bacon Cell account. Chill, you, you've been banned from Twitter for On our months. Bacon Cell account. <laughs> He should be banned. It's all you real. Banned it's again. all real. <laughs> Go on about Maces and Monsters because now I need to hear about this. It's it's really bad. You need to look up a clip from How it. old it's is hilarious. Tom Hanks? Oh, it's one of his first movies. Oh, wow. Yeah. You just need to watch it. Okay. I will. Okay. But Dungeons and Dragons, no, even just knowing about it, like even going up and reading about it, or <laughs> how about this? If you want to better appreciate uh, Stranger Things, Go and listen to episode 209, Master, uh, Dungeon Master of the House, on Bacon Cell, and then you'll get educated as to what Dungeons Dragons is. Nice. Do you think D&D geeks, <laughs> sorry guys, uh, were so excited when Stranger Things brought that game back to light? I mean, granted, it's more popular than ever, apparently, with Critical Role. But do you think seeing it on media, like on a new Netflix show that everyone is watching all at once, they're like, yes, vindication. No, I think they're like you where they're like, oh, now everyone's going to like it. I liked it before it it's was so cool. true. I know when you can buy it at Target. I mean, how exclusive does it feel? <laughs> can you, you know? buy it at Target? Yeah. Have you bought it at Target? No, that's what Kyler was saying, that okay. it's available at Target. Yeah. All right. Uh, not a sponsor. Our next influence is Target. Target. <laughs> <laughs> Introduced in 1995. No, just kidding. Shop more. So our next influence is one that not many people, probably slightly more than Akira. Of course, I went with the hipster choices, right? Yes, you did. Uh, but it's also not a 1980s influence at all. This game series actually started in the late or mid to late 90s. It's Silent Hill. And there are movies called Silent Hill and Silent Hill um, Retribution. But they're not good. Like they're not good at all. The video game but is what you're talking about. The first movie does show the upside down in a very cool way really? that is similar to the upside down. The movie's terrible. Explain Silent Hill, the concept of Silent Hill. Silent Hill. So there's a hill and it's quiet. What else? Silent Hill is a town. It's much like Hawkins. This is a cannibal movie, right? What? No. It's not? It's like Resident Evil, but yeah. with an upside down. Okay. That's so really so go, explain, the, explain the video game. So first video game, you are a father looking for his daughter who has disappeared. Mm-hmm. And you're going through a town, you go through a school, whatever. It's a little bit foggy. But then all of a sudden, sometimes you'll hear a siren and the whole world changes to an ashy, dark place where there are monsters around. So- uh, is the is the character switching dimensions or the character is no the, is the world, world shifting the around the world them. is shifting into another dimension and okay. it will switch back and forth and the, the threat level always obviously grows when it goes to the other world so it's like when it gets to be nighttime in Castlevania versus daytime <laughs> yeah like Simon's Quest yeah is that exactly. what you're referencing yeah. yes I am <laughs> <laughs> was I feel a curse Ooh, we're going nerdy yeah I know <laughs> this show what a horrible I have no night. idea what you're talking what about what a horrible night for a curse what a horrible night for a curse. 
But yeah, so the Duffers, once again, they said Silent Hill is one of the video games that inspired Stranger Things. Essentially, like uh, it's a dark reflection of our world, and the game goes really almost like psychological. But this is 90s, right? Yeah, this is 90s. But once again, the Duffers have consumed media ever since. And they've, they've acknowledged that there the was a, a, this was one of their inspirations. It's yeah. the look of things, not necessarily a feel. So Ross Duffer, because people said, hey, Silent Hill, one of the, one of the influences, and Ross Duffer, one of the creators, said, uh, Silent Hill is one that most people have picked up on because that's the least subtle one. With the look of the upside down, with all the fog and the forest dripping, we were really looking at the game for visualizing this other world. So that's a big one. Also, the monsters were, uh, and specifically the Demogorgon, mm-hmm. looks really similar to monsters from Silent Hill. Uh, they were really influenced by, uh, his name is Masahiro Ito, who designed the monsters, and they took his designs for the Demogorgon itself. Okay. Yeah, and so, and once again, like, there's Alien as well. Like I said, it's a so, casserole that just works but really if people, well. But if people were wanted to play this to, you know, like I said, appreciate the influences okay. of the show... Which one would they play? What platform? Go play Silent Hill 2 if you can find it. It is originally a PlayStation 2 game, but you can find it, I think, on the PlayStation Network. Mm-hmm. And it is a terrifying game. One of the most horrifying games I've ever played, but so, so rewarding as well. So Silent Hill 2. It's, it's like Resident Evil mm-hmm. sort, of, sort of action, but with a more nightmarish dreamscape Interesting. there. Interesting. You, you've actually piqued my interest now. Yeah. And once again, like like I said, in this other world, it's a rusty version of our own filled with haze and ash. And you can only use a radio for communication, like a fuzzy little radio. Hmm. So a ton of stuff pulled Why right into have the Stranger Things it? world. <laughs> <It's>, it <laughs> was a peach fuzz, actually. Oh, okay, it's a teenage yeah. radio. Oh, teenage radio. Speaking of fog and uh, teenagers, I'm going to be talking about another influence, John Carpenter. So I was, I was waiting for a little kid's, word. kid's yeah. dating life uh, joke no. right there. Uh, no, so John Carpenter <laughs> is uh, a horror icon. He's done things like Halloween and The Thing and The Fog. In fact, the soundtrack from The Fog was used in the trailer the Duffer Brothers created to pitch the show. Yes. Um, which is, I, I could do it, but I'm not going to do it right now. Just, You're not going to? Well, huh? it's, it's hard. It's piano. It's like... You're right. You shouldn't have done it. Yeah. <laughs> it's really scary. It's on my <laughs> Halloween playlist. No, it's cool because John Carpenter is this like low budget guy who obviously went into prominence in the 80s. But for a lot of his soundtracks, he wrote them. Oh, yeah. He like if you know Halloween, the came with the off the cuff. It was him just goofing around with a keyboard, essentially. One of the most horrifying themes out there. So this one was one where it's a reference as well as an influence. And because John, John Carpenter's kind of the overall umbrella here. But for example, uh, one of the characters compares another character to Michael Myers, which is the killer mm. from Halloween. There's actually in season two, there's a character who dresses up for Halloween uh, as Michael Myers. And so they, they exists in their world. But also just the feel of John Carpenter's movies, also the music, which is funny because like people have often compared the opening Stranger Things theme song Stranger Things theme song yeah. to Halloween, but Carpenter has told uh, he told Rotten Tomatoes of his uh, regarding his music inspiring contemporary horror soundtracks. He said, "I'm not sure which ones people are talking about. As far as I can see, no one scores movies like I do. They just don't. They don't even try to do it the way I do, which is fine. If you find if you point out something to me, I'll take a listen to it." So, have you ever seen The Guest? No. It has Dan Stevens from Downton Abbey. And Beauty and the Beast, the live action one. Why would you leave that out? (laughs) I don't know why I did. But the composers of that soundtrack were influenced by John Carpenter, and they were picked up by the Duffer Brothers to do the score for this show. Oh, okay. So, like I said, they direct influence there, but also with movies. Slightly spoiler alert, but The Thing is a big influence on season three. Well, it's also referenced in the movie. There's a Thing poster, and two characters are watching The Thing. Yeah. But then there is a definite reference to the creature from the movie The Thing. Right. And it, it's it's funny when you see it because it just it feels familiar. And that's, one, that's why these references work, I feel, because they feel familiar, but they're not overtly ripping something off. Yes. Or at least not maliciously. And as far as like season one, the practical effects used for the Demogorgon, mm-hmm. which, you know, they went away with in later seasons because the blob monster became more, co- more complicated, I should say. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, definitely influenced by the thing in John Carpenter movies. And I also want to give a brief shout out to uh, Wes Craven also because I feel like Nightmare on Elm Street, there was a part in the first season when a character, when the, the bad character is co- trying to come out of the wallpaper and it's like stretching. Yeah. And I'm like, that is a direct reference to Nightmare on Elm Street. And even the character Nancy, I'm assuming, is named after Nancy from oh, Nightmare totally. on Elm Street. So John Carpenter's an influence, but with a little hint of Wes Craven thrown in there. It is so crazy, like, because we talk about this, and maybe as you're listening, like, how do the Duffers get away with this? 
right? Because this is names and plots. It just is taken from everything that people love, and it's just. But I think it's because they're so open about it. They're like, "We love the '80s. This yeah. is a love letter it's to the '80s." It, yeah, it's because of an homage. And you know what? I think Netflix helps because the expectation. It's not like it's a big network show. Because then it's like, "Oh man, it's so it's so tacky how they're stealing." But yeah. on Netflix, it's like, "Well, it's Netflix." Yeah, you know. Right. Well, I feel like I feel like this is the that Stranger Things is. I love the '80s in a fictionalized story. Like you remember those old shows where it's like oh, yeah. I have the '80s and it's like, hey, you remember these Rubik's cubes? Oh, these are crazy. I can't do them. Hey, new Coke? Yeah, this is. Oh yeah, yeah I remember that. Yeah. Right. Um, and I feel like this movie does that, but in story form. So it's I love the '80s highlight reel. So John and do you Carpenter. think if it was like lower quality, like let's say some acting was really terrible or the writing was bad, they would get away with it? No, I don't think as much. Or if it were more, if it were more overt in your face, like product placement. Product placement when done right in movies. It enhances the movie because you're not like the Burger King product placement in this in season three was bugging me. That they yeah, there's quite like a bit. They flashed it right up in the front yeah, of the camera I'm there. Like, come on, it's a little overt there. But that what I mean is like I'm saying I'm comparing it to product placement. Yes, like, bad product placement in movies pulls you out of the movie, whereas good product placement it just blends in. Yeah, I feel like they're blending in these references rather they rather are. than you're calling right. them out. Well, and the other thing they're doing too is that they are they're making a professional quality. Uh, level piece of entertainment, right? The acting's on, the audio's on, all the technical stuff is right on, the writing's good, the acting's good, everything's there. Yeah. And and so it's like, oh, they're taking this seriously, that means they love it like I do. Yeah. And therefore, they have the rights to continue to play with it. Yeah. You know? I like, agree with that. Were the 80s the best decade ever? No, <laughs> no, no. No, think about it, though. Like, no. Uh, uh, no. So much nostalgia. No. <laughs> Ronald Reagan. No. Well, Jacob Jacob didn't really see electricity until <laughs> the '90s. So was it in the '90s? It was always like that, that's when I started stuff, and I was like, "Man, the '80s were weird," which is why I never went back and like, seen, saw Gremlins. Let's think about know. like the mid '90s. Like, what kind of nostalgia is going to be used for something five years, ten years down the road for a show Jurassic or the Park. 2000s? Lion Jurassic King. Park, I guess. Lion King is going to oh. be used for nostalgia. Oh, remakes yeah. makes my heart hurt. Yeah. All right, Kim. What's our next influence? Our next influence is an author who has created many things, uh, books, and then translated into movies. And so I'm going to talk kind of like you do with John Carpenter, mm-hmm. the work of this person. Right. Stephen King. Stephen King, like, I've is heard he, of him. you know, for all you uh, font nerds like Joel out there, the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the font was used from Stephen King novels as well. Right. But then let's specifically go into, like you mentioned, Stand By Me. Like this, so this movie came out in 1986 based off one of his short stories. The Body. Yeah, The Body. One of the, which, one of, one of the episodes of Stranger Things is called The Body. Exactly. And so four small town boys go on a hike across the countryside to find the corpse of a missing child. Yeah. Like they heard about this kid from the school who got killed and they went to go see if they could find the body to get a reward. Yeah. It's it's weird because it's lighthearted, but man, that gets real at times. Really real. Yeah. Uh, so actually, in the auditions, the child actors uh, have said in interviews, they had to read lines just for specifically their auditions from Stand By Me. So Matt Duffer said, we always wanted to keep the stakes high. When you're looking back at Stand By Me, the stakes feel very real. The kids never feel completely safe, even though there's an element of fun and you love those boys. So exactly like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, like, they're at a carefree age in both stories, confronted with adult issues such as loss and tragedy. And so, yeah, Stand By Me, much like The Goonies, but a little bit less adventurous, right? more dark. And then there's a probably a lesser known story. And let me know if you guys, are, Jake, I know you haven't seen this movie, but it, it's Firestarter. I'm the Firestarter. Twisted Firestarter. Hey, hey. Have you heard that song, Jake? <laughs> you guys are nerds. <laughs> so it's the 1980 science fiction novel by King, and then the 1984 film adaptation. I think he likes to go by Stevie. Oh, Stevie King. Yeah, just Stevie. <laughs> Stevie. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. And you're like, I don't know if I can so, do it. So weird. Stevie. So much like much like Akira. Stevie. Battle Angel. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the show gone? It's a story of a young girl born with pyrokinesis who runs from a secret government agency who seeks to control her. Her name is Charlie McGee. She, ser- she shares various similarities with the 11. Tier 3 name. Charlie McGee? Yeah. But Stevie's tier 1? I, I, I haven't addressed Stevie. So, both Charlie and 11 have mothers who, while in college, participated in secret government experiments involving hallucinogenic drugs. Slight spoiler alert, but it's also a plot line that doesn't matter in the Which show. Which one? You're talking about Firestarter right now? Both. Okay. And so both kids are born with supernatural powers as a result of the experiments. And also, Drew, uh, it's Drew Barrymore who plays Charlie. She was a fire starter. Charlie Twisted McGee. Yeah, Charlie McGee. Oop. Her dad, his nose bleeds because he also... Picks it. 
<laughs> As he tells uh, okay. I like, I like that's the go-to, by the way, for most, like most movies. Yeah. If they're using some sort of telekinesis, their nose will start to bleed. It's yes. like that's become such a trope to the point where I'm like, but would it really? It wasn't in Phenomenon as well. Or did you just get a brain oh, tumor? He had a brain tumor, but I don't think it bled. Yeah, brain tumor. I don't remember. And then also, It. It, much like Goonies, much like Stand By Me, uh-huh. I mean, it is the Losers Club. It's a, it's a group of kids. Once again, group of kids put in situations that would be dangerous for even adults. And they are stalked by a creature originating from beyond our regular That's universe. True. Do you think they're going to bring a clown into that. Stranger Things season They, uh, I'm surprised four? they haven't yet, actually. Mm, I'm not okay. saying a clown monster, but at least some references. No, they got to stick with Demogorgon, right? Well, but, with, with the big, uh, big movies going on right now with the, It, maybe they wanted to stay away from that. Yes, exactly. Sense. Actually, the Duffers petitioned to direct uh, It, Chapter 1. Oh. Uh, they were turned down. Because hmm. apparently these guys just had bad luck. They've written other film treatments, but maybe not a lot of love until Netflix is like, we'll throw some money at you. Hmm. But they got turned down to do that, and so they decided... But to it would have been after the success of no. Stranger Things. No, they were going to do it instead of Stranger Things. Whoa. And hmm. so they gave that up and then decided to do Stranger Things. And hmm. so all the better for You mean them. they got turned down? Yeah, they got turned down. And then did Stranger Things. Yes. Well, it's also funny because uh, Finn Wolfhard... Which mm-hmm. is an amazing name. Is that a tier I'm one sorry, name? hold on. Finn Wolfhard. That's a tier one name. <laughs> uh, he is, he's Mike in Stranger Things. He's yeah. also, oh, I don't remember which character that he Wolfhard? plays in. Wolfhard? Wolfhard. Yeah. He he's plays, Richie. He's, he's Richie. Yeah. He's Richie? I think so. Mm, I'm looking Look it up. up. Uh, but also in it, so the kids face bullies and throw rocks at them in both stories. Uh, they also face monsters and use slingshots and paraphernalia against them as well. So there's direct references in both stories, and there's... Was everyone just using influence. slingshots in the 80s? Were all kids using I slingshots? Is that he a is thing? Richie, you're right. Yeah, BB. I had a slingshot in the 80s. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Well, it must be a thing. And then, obviously, real, other two, Stephen King, like, really, the whole Stephen King universe. Out of this universe. group of three, we, we, we yeah. pulled very high with <laughs> right. kids owning all slingshots, slingshots in the 80s. They were so cool. Did you have a slingshot in the 80s? This is the 90s. We had a slingshot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Carrie, definite reference for 11. Yeah. Right. So the telekinetic powers and all that kind of stuff. And there's also references like when Carrie's hand comes out of the gray or the ground at the end. And then also Nancy's hand does that through a tree yes. from the upside down. And then lastly, one of my favorite Stephen King movies is The Mist. And so the <sighs> the other world and the government experiments that take place in that story. Sorry, I, just, I hate that movie I so much. love it so much. But the Why? government. I hate the ending. I hate, yeah. The ending is yeah, cop mostly out. Mostly bitter. Hardly a cop Gut out. Gut punch cop out. So memorable. Move it along. Amazing. Save, Save it for, for our Stephen King show. That's yeah, the, uh, and we will have one. The government being responsible for exposing the upside down to our world and the upside down and their world being very similar with monsters as well. So Stephen King really, so much of it influences this show and the Duffers have been very proud to admit that as well mm-hmm. as a love letter. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, and speaking of big authors and big moments, uh, my uh, final solo uh, influence tonight mm-hmm. is Steven Spielberg. Oh, really? How so? Uh, because if you go back and listen to Big Cell episode 65, Steven Spielberg and the Raiders of the Lost Art, our, our, our episode from back, way back when. That's way back when. It is way back when. But we talk about all the different, all these different movies that Steven Spielberg has done. And he is a huge influence. Like just a couple examples. Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Uh, it's a science fiction film back in 1977, but uh, it's about a guy who gets kind of a vision and ends up obsessing over it to the point where everyone thinks he's crazy, even though he's trying to... He, he's, Ask me he's if right. I've seen that one, Joel. Have you seen Close Encounters of the Third Kind? Yeah, it's in the 70s. I saw it. I just skipped the 80s. Okay. And then uh, I've given up. Uh, but that's kind of the character of Joyce, the mom in Stranger Things. She figures something out and no one will believe her but she sounds absolutely bonkers. Right. Yeah, she is kind of like that guy, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, also, E.T. E.T. is one of the biggest references I've found because once again, 70s. group of kids, parents largely absent, an unusual friend comes in and tries to experience the world for the first time. Well, Mike's yeah. trying to keep it a secret. Hiding him in the basement, just yeah. like uh, Elliot hides yeah. E.T. in the basement. At one point, they dress up E.T. in like a wig. And they put Eleven in a wig. She makes toys fly just like E.T. Yes. And then also there's the bikes. There's a bike chase scene in season one that is almost 
like shot for shot, almost. But it's like, once again, this loving homage to the bike chase NET to the point where I fully expected Eleven to be wearing a red hoodie and have it, and riding on a basket in front of Mike's bike. Oh, good call. I, I expected that. She didn't, and good on them for not doing it. But I thought it was an amazing bike, uh, bike chase scene because it felt, it reminded me of a movie I loved. Yeah. And that's why I think it's one of the big, one of the reasons, once again, I feel like I keep forgiving him for using these references because I enjoy them so much. But also a character type with uh, Hopper as well. Like he's a police chief displaced in a small town hoping to make a difference. Like pulled yeah. directly from Jaws. Exactly. Yeah, you have Chief Brody there. And also uh, Spielberg and I guess many of the big movies of the 80s used a artist on the posters, Drew Sturzen, mm-hmm. who drew most of our favorite. Sturzen. Sturzen, yeah, who... No, no. <laughs> he, he drew these posters, like all the uh, Indiana Jones movies and Star Wars movies. And so the actually they got an artist, and he's still around, but they got an artist who says, I'm just going to copy Drew Sturzen. Right. And so he did the Stranger Things posters. Yeah. Well, even like movies like Jaws, you think about Jaws and small town sheriff, small town, a threat threatening the small town, sure. But also just the creature, like the, the, the creature in Stranger Things isn't exactly like a thinking in the season uh, season one, I should clarify, mm. isn't exactly a, like a thinking manipulative monster. It's just a creature that got loose in the wrong part, just yeah. like Jaws, where it's like it's just eating. It's just mindless eating, destroying machine. And uh, Poltergeist is another influence, right? Where it, not directed, not directed by Steven Spielberg, but produced by Steven Spielberg. How, how is this one? Because they're I've able. Seen this one too. Oh, good. Yeah, uh, I like what Jacob pipes in when he's like, "I, I get this run." Joining in. So welcome, Jacob. Welcome to the conversation. <laughs> Thank you. So I'll, in, I'll step back in up to the table. if you recall, uh, Carol Ann is pulled into the, this other world. Yep. And the only way they can communicate. Uh, I got her, it mixed up. I haven't seen this one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, oh, man. Just the kidding. only way we can, we, they can communicate with her is through a, a TV with static. And everyone thinks mm-hmm. the mom's kind of crazy for doing it. Yes. And it's the same type of thing where uh, in Stranger Things, one of the characters tries to communicate with the other world using Christmas lights. Yeah. And so it's just these little references and influences that you just feel. It's like a warm blanket of nostalgia. All right. So we've gone pretty dark and we're going to go back there real quick. But my last mention I want to just real quick. And this is both an influence and a reference is John Hughes. Yes. You really can't bring anything from the 80s without having him mentioned at some point. Well, I feel like if we've been talking about E.T. and Goonies and stuff like that for the younger kids. Yes. But for the older kids in Stranger Things, like Steve, Nancy, Barb, uh, you you love Barb, and, uh, oh, I forgot his name. Why Uh, does he love Barb? Jonathan, thank you. Uh, I think that that you're exactly right. John Hughes is a big influence on that those characters' stories. Yeah, well, like Nancy is, she's an unpopular girl who gains the attention of a popular boy at school. So it mirrors like Pretty in Pink, Sixteen Candles, Some Kind of Wonderful, which mm-hmm. may all be the same movie, but I'm not sure. <laughs> they kind of are. And also, let's see, like season three of Stranger Things contains a nod to The Breakfast Club. Yes. Uh, and like there's all like, I, I was always watching you, never noticed me. And it adds a little twist there as well. But the Steve, Nancy, Jonathan Love Triangle in season one is very John Hughes-esque. And then, obviously, and this is a direct reference, but the snowball at the end of season two mm-hmm. is, to, and I guess this is really every 80s movie. You have the big dance at the but end. But it's the big dance. Yeah. yeah. Where like it's, it adds closure, and it's nice, and some big choices are made, and it, it's sweet. And then um, also, like, this show, like, it subverts, like, social status tropes, just like John Hughes movies. Like, Nancy chooses love over popularity. Right? Spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. Is it, I think that's okay. Well, it was general. Like, okay. We don't know which one's which. Yeah. <laughs> also, you get things like, I mean, even Ferris Bueller's Day Off, just the, right. ki- the kids running off doing their own thing. Once again, parents are absent. And Weird Science could also be a definite influence Weirdly on this enough, movie. Yeah. So, yeah, I totally see the John Hughes influence in there. Where does Weird Science come into this? Just them doing these weird experiments, like creating, well, uh, I don't want to get spoilers, but they, they do kind of weird science that's experiments. That's true. That's true. Yeah. And getting in way over their head. There's consequences of their actions. Yeah. That's more what season... Two. Well, no, that's the end of season one. If they don't yeah, wear bras one. on their heads in season four, <laughs> I'll be ceremonial. disappointed. Yeah. It's ceremonial. And then finally, our uh, last influence, we're both going to talk about this together. Once again, super hipster here. Yeah, this, this one gets a little nerdy. So it's, can you want to say it? HP Lovecraft. Yeah. Is it that nerdy? Because, you know, I've seen that selling at Costco. HP Lovecraft is a of guy. H- <laughs> He's a man. I know that. He, they're selling H.P. Lovecraft at Costco. So I've seen his stuff selling at Costco. What is his stuff, Jake? Uh, he wrote the, uh, I don't remember the title, the famous uh, <laughs> devil one. I can't remember what it's called. What? The oh. famous devil one. Oh, I'm looking it up. Uh, so there are... At the Mountains of Madness? No, he has like over 60 short stories and novellas. 
he was a huge influence on science fiction as a whole and with the creation of what they call cosmic horror. Right. He's essentially the J.R.R. Tolkien. I love how they always go by initials. Yeah. Of the cosmic what horror world. What is H.P. Lovecraft's full name? Looking it up. Harry Potter Lovecraft. Yes. No, it's not. It's Howard Philip. Ah, dang it. That's Harry way less fun. Yeah. But cosmic horror, let's kind of go into that a little bit because... The influence is bigger, right? And this is, it also gets into the direct creature of the mind flare, but also the upside down. Yes. So cosmic horror, that usually promotes the notion that human civilization, so worlds we know it, like it's just normal life, but it's insignificant in the wider scheme of a mysterious, uncaring universe. Well, that's, that's, that's the scary part about it is like, hey, your world doesn't mean anything to yeah. this other world. Like they're going to come in and destroy your world and it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's like, so the theme is like an entire alien civilization lurks on the underside of our known world. And we're, we have to see ourselves, human beings, we have to see ourselves as young newcomers in this ancient cosmo world. Yes. Kind of crazy. Uh, and then uh, Matt Duffer, he said, when people are like, why don't you show more of the upside down? Why don't you give it more explanation? And he says, it's scarier when you f- don't fully understand it. Yeah, but, well, th- th- exactly right. Yeah, I, yeah. I want to point that out is that the good thing that Stranger Things does is they give you little glimpses into what's going on, mm-hmm. but there's never like a full explanation of, oh, this is why the Upside Down like exists. Like these are the rules. Yeah, here's how it all works. Because once you see the mechanics of a magic trick, it's not as it's not as impressive. Yeah. And once you've seen the monster and understand it fully, it's not as scary. Yeah. So I completely agree with you there. And I would say like this Stranger Things in, in Hawkins, the town where they live, it's Lovecraft in suburbia. Like it's, they have a fear of the other in this. There's an innocent foundation that it begins with at every beginning of every season. And then that's always threatened. And the the Duff Brothers have come out and said explicitly that H.P. Lovecraft was a big influence on this Stranger Things story as well. And if you see the gigantic monsters, specifically in season two, you'll see that. Yeah. Unfortunately, there's no Cthulhu. No. Jake, uh, Cthulhu is a Lovecraft creation. They don't sell that at Costco. They don't? They don't. Well, they do samples of Cthulhu, little (laughs) bits of it. That would be interesting. (laughs) No. It's really chewy. (laughs) So there you go. That that I was gonna say. That's our that's yeah. our influences. We recommend either watching those movies that we talked about, or reading the books, or playing the games. Really, there's 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 a wide world out there of things that you can do to kind of enhance the watching of the Stranger Things uh, yeah. series. Tev is your foundation. Yeah, and it's funny too because I just want to talk about the show in general. It's amazing to me just how how quickly this became a cultural phenomenon. And how many, like 11 costumes that first year, yeah, how many exactly. people dressed up as that? And how it's like kind of, Eggo Waffle sales apparently spiked mm-hmm. after this uh, series came out because one of the characters really enjoys Eggo Waffles. I just, and how you care about the characters. Like, well, I like what you're saying, care about the characters, because, you know, this is kind of a, a show concept that should be two seasons at most. Because how silly is it that Hawkins keeps getting haunted and all this crazy stuff happening and everyone's still staying around? But you don't want the characters to go away. You want this to go more seasons so you can see the new adventures. Yes. And Even though it should finish. It probably should have finished already. Yeah. You, well, no. well, no, I think the suspension of reality has to be really, really wide. Yes. Correct. You, exactly. have just, you have to just take it. You're like, no, it's worth it to well, me. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, Kent, because I could be wrong here. But I was under the impression that Stranger Things was supposed to be a serialized TV show where it was like each season would tell a new story with different characters. Yes. But, but then the first season was so successful. And people like the actors so much. They were like, let's keep going with these kids. Yeah. And I worry about that too, because like with Heroes, for example, the TV show Heroes, same thing where they were supposed to be, each season was supposed to be a new set of heroes. And then this first season did so well, they're like, let's keep going with these characters, even though we've exhausted them and they're not interesting anymore. And I'm worried it's going to happen with this. I mean, don't get me wrong, Ken. I know you love Barb, but <laughs> <laughs> apparently. Always, always comes back to Barb. I know, apparently. <laughs> But it's just uh, these characters, you really like people were upset when uh, things happen to Barb. Mm-hmm. I'm speaking in general terms. Yeah. Which <laughs> is weird because <laughs> yeah, that was so many years ago. It. I said things happen. Yeah. But people were upset about it. And it was funny how people would get upset over a fictional character or how, you know, they want to ship these other two characters together and disappointed when they don't. So I just think it's so interesting how people have just embraced this, both the old and the young and the middle, like us. Yeah. So will this show. Much like Lost did, will it inspire copycat shows? Or have we already seen those in a way? Mm. I think definitely we're going to see more 
especially when it goes away. I think right now people don't want to do it because they don't want to be seen as copying well, a copier. It's actually really funny because when It Chapter One came out, and even though, yes, it had Finn, Finn Wolfhard in it, yeah. so there's a direct reference, but people said, oh, it feels like Stranger Things, but just rated R. And I'm like, it actually feels like It, which came, which was a book way back when, when it was a movie <laughs> in 1990. Did you put on your hipster glasses for that? Yeah. Well, well, yes, but I'm just saying, but do you know what it Stranger is Things is not the original. Do you know what it is missing though? Hmm. Barb. <laughs> <laughs> no, Barb is actually Pennywise. She's, she's, oh, <laughs> yeah. she's missing from Stranger Things too. Yeah. So yeah, like Stranger Things is it brings it all together. It introduces some fun, and if it if we have introduced these older things uh, for you, like go check them out if you have any interest whatsoever. Maybe I will. Who who knows? Yes, yeah, like I was talking to we'll you. We'll see. Yeah. Yes, Jacob, please at least watch Goonies. Seriously, I've heard of that one. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, let us know what you think of Stranger Things. And if we missed any references uh, that you that you noticed in there, uh, references or influences, we're fine with both. And before we go any further, we need to do our patron shout outs. Yes, we do. Yes, yes, yes. So from the I Am The Listener tier, we'd like to thank Terry Finley, a more civilized podcast. Jordan Rexnick. Did I say that right? Rexick. Rexnick. I think there's an N in there. Rexick. Lemony Snicket. Rexick. I got it. Stephen Ross. Adrian Gray. And from the Bacon Council, Nicole D. Hale, Spencer Myers, The Spirit of 38, Chris Anderson, Ryan Farron, and Matt's Mudro. So Thank good. You. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. And don't forget, pick your winners for our Disney bracket for yes. a chance to win a $50. $50 gift certificate to the Disney store. <laughs> Five zero. But if you want to find me, you can find me at 76Joel on Twitter, presuming they ever look at my appeal. Or you can find me performing with QuickWits. They perform every Saturday night at the Midbell Performing Arts Center. For more details, go to qwcomedy.com or go to the QuickWits Facebook page. If you want to find me on Twitter and Instagram, it's at Kenny3DD. If you want to read my movie reviews, it's showtimeshowdown.com. I'm on Twitter interacting occasionally at Jacob A. Rogers. Agreeing also, with the listener. Agreeing when they're right. Yeah. I, hey, I argue too. Just with you guys mostly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, also, uh, Bacon Sale on Twitter, of course, at Bacon Sale and on Instagram. Make sure you find our merchandise store, tpublic.com slash Bacon Sale. Also, as uh, we just shouted out to the patrons and have mentioned there, go support us on Patreon if you can or, or you would like to help us. We would appreciate it. So patreon.com slash Bacon Sale. So until next time, Barb, if you're out there, Kent's single. Ah. <laughs> Oh, we could give away anything. Uh, movie tickets to go see Lion King. Suckers. They will let you spend money anywhere. <laughs> if anyone knows how to help you spend money, it's Disney. <laughs> like how kids' heritage gets him a little bit every time we get It's not even my money. Every time I turn around to do do do. I love okay. you, Zombie Ken. If you haven't seen The Goonies, you probably haven't been around on the earth for more than maybe 10 years. I saw fragments of it on TV. You haven't seen Goonies? And I've never gone back. Oh my gosh. I told you. Okay, my. Oh my gosh. I think okay, I we're stopping the show right now. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to watch it. Joel. I'm having heart palpitations. I have some water. I have, uh, I have. Cheeto sandwich is not sitting well. <laughs> Who is One Eyed Willie? Oh, that sounds familiar. No idea. Oh my gosh. What is the truffle shuffle? Uh, don't know. Oh, oh. my gosh. <laughs> this, uh, guys, we're looking for a moderator for Bacon Cell. I'm sweating. <laughs> I'm sweating right now. Jake. Oh, my gosh. Help him You're or something. killing Joel. <laughs> Joseph. <laughs> my whole world is crashing down. Oh, wow. Wow. With Jake. I, I mean, wow. I can't even talk anymore. Sean Aston's in this. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I don't know what I know. to say. My reality has crashed. Right. I don't know what to say anymore. You broke Joel. But shame, I have my shame. I know left. your name. That's from the movie. I know his, his level of understanding of pop culture is here. But then when I dive in sometimes, I get scared and my ears pop. Well, How dare you, sir? What's, How, what do you mean? What's the you main character's name, Jacob? <laughs> this show is falling apart. So this If is, you paid enough attention to right. pop culture, you would have known that kid. Like me. Uh-huh. Joel, am I right? Am I right, Joel? Don't take a prideful drink of that soda right now, Jacob. <laughs> Can't ask me if I've seen this one. No. Demogorgon Xenomorph. Xenomorph. You should be banned. It's all real. It's all real. What a horrible night for a curse. (laughs) I'm the Firestarter. Twisted Firestarter. Finn Wolfhard. That's a tier one name. Kent, why aren't you wearing a shirt? (laughs) Um, I never do. (laughs) Also, no recording? Yeah. It always felt like you had a shirt on. Nope. Jake uh, Cthulhu is a 
Lovecraft creation. They don't sell that at Costco. They don't? They don't. Well, they do samples of Cthulhu. Little bits of it. <laughs> that would be interesting. <laughs> no. It's really chewy. Kent was a genius.